Well, here we are. Wait, these are Italian. Number one in Italy. Oh, number one in Italy. Italy. What are those called? We have some... Hey, folks, uh, we're here at the FPP studio, and first, first, you know, first and foremost, you know, we have to get... You have to get fueled up mm-hmm. to deliver. We have to get fueled up to deliver, you know, to entertain you. Right. With our, you know, various film photography. Antics. And this and that. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Yeah. I'm thrilled to be here. My name is Michael Rosso. And with me is John Fideli. How you doing, baby? Oh, what's this? You sent me these, right? The fisheye, yeah. You sent me these already. Yeah, I did. What camera is that from? The fisheye. Also here today is Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mark O'Brien. The fisheye hey fool himself. <laughs> He's digging through like a bag. Hi, yeah. y'all. And what he pulled out of the bag was uh, Loker Quadratini. Quat, you're cho- Italian. Say it like you're Italian. Quadratini. You, you have to roll the R's. Quadratini. Quadratini. You got to go. Quadratini. There you go. Dark chocolate, bite-sized, cream-filled waffer cookies. Uh, waffer thin. Yes. <laughs> They're beautiful. <laughs> so, Mark, you know, that's not an Italian name, so... Mario. Mario. (laughs) (laughs) He's honorary Italian. That's your honorary Italian name. I thought it was Marco. Oh, maybe. Marco. Yep. Yep. Today we have a lot of fun stuff to discuss, but since we're talking about the uh, quadratini, also have, this is not Italian, this is Australian. Aussie style. Although maybe it's American, but it's just Aussie style. I don't know what that means, Aussie style. These are faux Tim Tams. They are. Oh, is that what faux it is? Tim Tams. I you just got it. They're faux Tams. <laughs> uh, you know, I ate one of these, not realizing that I need to do the slam. Can you do it? Yeah. yeah. Are they are they made the same way? So that yeah. you, can, you can make them straws out of them. So these are Tim Tams, yeah. but they're knockoffs by a company called Trader Joe's. People at home are like, ooh, ah, all the oohs and ahs because everyone loves Trader Joe's. Is that right? Yeah. Aussie style chocolate cream sandwich cookies. Coated in chocolate. There's nothing <laughs> Italian about these. No. Well, they're Australian. And? First, you have to bite off one side, right? Yeah. Right. Then you have to bite off the other side. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember this vaguely. It's like, a, it's like a cigarette filter. You make a straw out of the cookie. Mm-hmm. Then you eat, eat it like the fly, if you, as if you were the fly. <laughs> now your hands are all gooey. Look at that. Don't looks, touch my magazine with those looks hands. Like, uh, looks like <laughs> your hands look like uh, about a month in the pandemic last year. <laughs> <laughs> There's no toilet paper. <laughs> but I'm pumped. Uh, All right. No, I have to go wash my hands. No, he has okay. to wash his it hands. Let, uh, I, bet, I believe it did. Let's talk about him while he's gone. Okay. <laughs> I got stuff. What do you, I, let's I do stuff. a little preview of what you're going to bring to the I, show. What show? I think I'm going to bring my trip to the Camera Heritage Museum. Oh, I want to hear all about that. I just that. came came up from there yesterday. Where was yesterday. that located? In Staunton, Virginia. Staunton. Where's Staunton? It's in. It's. On, I'm going down to Virginia in June. Maybe I can swing by. Oh, there. it's worth it. It's not. It's just off Route 81. It's in mm-hmm. north of Lexington. About 20 miles north of Lexington. Mm-hmm. It's in this beautiful Shenandoah Valley. Oh, um, It's just gorgeous there. So, listen, I'm back. I washed my hands. That's good. So, those those are faux Tim Tams. These are brought by Mark O'Brien. Thank you very much. Mark. You're welcome. Those are really thoughtful, quality treats. Yes. yes. And I'm not going to get you crappy treats. Two very important words. Thoughtful and quality. That's right. And mm. people at home could thank Mark because... 
All that sugar is just, and the caffeine in this coffee have fueled me. You're going to be on fire. I'm going to be on fire. Hopefully you won't crash before the end of the hour. I hope not. All right, so what do we got, baby? Well, not to discount the Tob... Oh, my God. Toblerone. Toblerone! <laughs> Crunchy salted almonds. Swiss. Atsumata for you. Now, these are Swiss milk chocolates. And yeah. So this... Oh, are they? These were given to us by a listener. Could, would you, Mark, would you read his letter? All right. Dear yeah. FPP gang, love the shoe. I have listened to, the, to the, every episode and have enjoyed all the transform, transformations that the show has gone through. I have learned a lot from everyone's experience and knowledge. It has brought me a lot of instruction, and I really appreciate all the effort and commitment. I have been a film shooter for 20-plus years. My introduction to cameras and, and photography came through skateboarding in the 80s. I was able to buy my first 35mm camera around the age of 22 with a credit card, a Nikon N65 with a kit lens. I have included this Mm-hmm. First camera in my donation. Yeah, we just went through it. I just yes. put it on the shelf. It has served me well. There are fresh CR2 batteries also included. Oh! This gosh. camera still works as well as the day I bought it. I am also I am also originally from Finley, Ohio. Whoa! But have not lived there for 25 years. Funny connections for me that Leslie and Matt are also connected. Such a small northwest Ohio city. Mm. I am primarily a medium format shooter now, and, oh. and that is how I make my living. No shit. <laughs> I travel the, the, the country sharing and selling my film work. I make cyanotypes of trees from my, from my negatives. I've also been inspired to shoot movies. I brought an Agfa family oh, now oh, we're talking. a couple of Mike's years attention. ago and just sent in a four rolls of Vectachrome to the store for processing. I buy and support the store as much as possible. What's this guy's name? Also, in my donation <laughs> is a couple, a couple of cameras, bags, and straps. Thank you for all you yep. do. Much love. Jeff. Coolman. Oh. What's his Instagram handle? Yeah. There? Blue Trees Gallery on Instagram. There you go. Blue. At Blue Trees Gallery. This moment in time. This moment in time. As recorded. As yeah, Thank you. It, it could be 100 years from now. It could be. It could be never. <laughs> talking to nobody. Talking Blue. to a ghost. <laughs> the past is far behind us. The future doesn't exist. Oh. Blue tree, Trees Gallery. Trees plural. Oh. You see, Jeff? You know, you know, the FPP Instagram is so like chock a block with you know people and messages that it's really hard to keep track. Of course. So Jeff, at this moment, I'm following back. Ah, nice. What number follower are you for him? Fifty-six. Ah, oh, come on, we got to get that up. Yeah, raise that up. All right, Blue Trees Gallery on Instagram, folks. Let's. Let's like you know show some love. Let's blow up the inst- let's blow it up. Oh my god! Like tomorrow I'll wake up. It smells blow like it twenty five thousand. <laughs> if I said that in front of my kids, they would kick me. <laughs> let's blow it up. Why is that? Because they're like, that's not your phrase. Oh, whose phrase is it? The kid's phrase. I'm not a kid. I don't have kids. No kidding. That's why you're 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 appropriating that phrase. Like, but I didn't. Like I, didn't cool. I, I, I never heard that phrase from them. Okay. You think I heard it like when I was over? I'm just saying that's like, hey, let's get jiggy with it. It's like I don't know that one. It doesn't look good on you when you when you appropriate another generation's phrases. That's all. I'm saying. No, they get pissed. They do. <laughs> and they look at you like you're nuts when you say stuff like, "Hey, man, that's groovy." <laughs> I call everybody dude, and they're like, oh, God. <laughs> "Yeah, hey, dude." Oh my God. Hey, bud, what's your problem? I think you know where the front office is. You dick! During his travels, he stumbled upon 
something called a Camera Heritage Museum. Yeah, how'd you find out about this joint? Totally accidentally. Last year, when I was on my way back home from the FPP, um, my wife, Adrian, and I, we were traveling back from New York State, and we decided we'd had enough driving here one day. We stopped in Staunton, and then we we got there early enough to go out and look for a place to eat, and we're walking downtown, and and I walked right past the store, because I wasn't looking at, I was looking the other side of the street. And Adrian's like looking at me and gesticulating like, look, look, look. And I'm looking at it and I go all of a sudden, oh, holy crap, there's a camera museum here. Anyway, it was too late in the day and they were closed. And um, I figured the next time I come up, I would stop there and, and have a little visit. On my way up this year, I, um, I stopped. So it's just basically rows and rows and cases and cases of cameras. Oh, yeah. And Are it, they set up it, in like uh, decades and eras? There are, I think that you could say that some of them are set up in terms of their impact on photography by the, the class of camera that they're in. So if there, there is a whole case of, of Leicas, uh, especially the Barnack screw mount Leicas, Ooh. and he had like every variation God, you can imagine. Really? Yeah. The, the Camera Heritage Museum, um, I got a, a tour from the curator. Is it a big joint? It's modest. It's a modest size. It used to be a camera store. Well, where is ah. it? Okay, it's in Staunton, <laughs> Staunton Virginia. Okay. I've only said it about 100 times. Oh, okay, well, I was doing other stuff. Yeah, I know. It's great. Thanks for joining us. Um, <laughs> Dave Schwartz is the curator there, and he gave me a, a, a great tour. And once I um, let on that I knew a lot about photography and what I was, and I was connected with the... Um, with the podcast, we were we were able to discuss things instead of him trying to instruct me about what what every important camera there was because I knew I knew all that stuff, but it well, was what did you I was, learn though? I was totally overwhelmed. Did you learn anything new? Or you? Um, there were there were actually yes. He showed me the first color photograph done by a guy in right in Staunton, Virginia. It was, there was a, a, a camera company there at one time, back in the day, and I don't have that information in front of me right now. Why the, not? Because <laughs> there was so much information. <clears throat> there was so much stuff there. I'll review this on my on Random Camera Blog, and people can see photographs of, of the, of the uh, museum. Mm-hmm. But it is... It, uh, you'd be hard-pressed to tell me a camera that they don't have. Do they have any movie cameras? Oh, my gosh. A few. Like only the Kodak Brownie stuff. And, oh, wait a minute. They have, and also an early Aeroflex that was used by Lenny Raffenstahl, who photographed the 1938 Olympics okay. and made a movie. He's got this, the camera she used. She made another movie, too. Oh, I know she did. He has a lot of cameras that are of historical importance, according to the era in which they were made. Mm-hmm. But he's but he has fantastic examples. One of my favorite cameras I saw there was the Kodak Ektra, which was a thirty-five mil, a really, really high-end 35-millimeter camera that Kodak produced at a bad time. It was... <laughs> it, Bad time. Yeah, it was right after the right after World War Two, I believe, and it was it had removable backs, so you could have different film and, and different backs and attach them to the camera. Really, it had wonderful like, lenses, but they were they would be in today's dollars like someone going out and spending at that time five or six thousand dollars for a camera. They were that expensive. Nobody had that money back then. No, and so they didn't sell well. They were made here in the U.S. Yes, they were. He had one really mint example, and that there, there's not a whole lot of them that were made. What so. are they called? Kodak what? Ektra. I have to make sure I keep my eyes open. Yeah, you never know. And never have know. you ever seen one? 
Not until I saw it in his collection. Well, you know, up in uh, you know Space Farms, of course. Is that New Jersey? Yes, we need to go. They Sussex. have, they have, uh, yeah, they have like lots of uh, exhibitions. They have a car exhibition up there, like old cars. They have motorcycles. They have barns filled with motorcycles and old cars. But also inside, they have cases, probably ten cases full of cameras. Oh, really? Up yeah. at Space Farms. Up at Space Farms. Plus, they have that big bear, that stuffed bear. Zodiac, I That's think. That's like eight feet or something. When have you been last? I went there like maybe two years ago with the kids. Did they enjoy it? Uh, yeah. They got animals for petting. Is it it's, just like it's, a museum? It's, it's, a, it's, weird. it's weird. It's like a zoo Snake and a pit. museum. Oh, and man. Yeah, and there's you know, like interactive things. We almost got peed on by a lion. Time to wake this show up. It was oh, fun. It would have made your day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they like just back he up. He turned on around. You. He backed up and he yeah. put his tail up. And I was like, guys! And I grabbed everybody and the thing just went <laughs> sprayed all over. He's p- had enough of you. <laughs> he looked. He looked pretty ragged. Uh. <laughs> he looked like he wasn't really getting the best care. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting when you see cases and cases of cameras. Well, so far, so far, folks at home, we've learned two things: Camera Heritage Museum. Yeah, and, and when space it, farms in Sussex, New Jersey. Yes, and third thing, yes. when a lion turns around, and lifts up its tail, run, run, run. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can give you some examples of some of the cameras that he has there that they talk about. Did they hand you? Did they hand out this literature? Yes, they, they did. did. They did. Yes, and you can have a self a self guided tour for five dollars. You can have an audio tour for ten, or you get a curator tour for twenty. I went for the curator tour yeah, because you know, from it, per person. Bucks. Yeah. Okay. They had one of the things that I really liked seeing was the um, the Graflex KE4 combat camera. Combat. It's like we talk about the Texas Leica, you know, with the the Fuji, the six by nine. Well, the KE4 combat camera took seventy millimeter film in cassettes. Holy shit! And it was used, and it's huge. What era are we talking about? Uh, World oh, War II. Look at Korean that. War. Korean War, yeah. The Big Bertha, the, the Fulmer Graflex baseball camera. Oh, and geez. it's got a lens on it. It looks like a, you know, a mortar or something. So folks at home listening, unless you're in the darkroom, of course, you could like Google this while we're mm. talking about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, go to the site. They actually have a website, Camera Heritage Museum. That can. It's www.cameraheritagemuseum.com. Very Just nice. like that. I would love to see them get a lot more attention because it's, frankly, a lot of people will just want to walk off the street and say, you know, what is this? And they don't know much about photography. Mm. Maybe they'd learn a few things, but there's enough camera nerds and film shooters out there. You should just go to Staunton, Virginia and really give it a, a good look because I think it's... Okay, my example would be I have this big book called McCowan's Directory oh, of Cameras. Oh, we know all about that. Okay, it's like, you know... <laughs> 12,000 pages, right? We've re- John's looking at me. Remember? Well, you say it so definitively. Mark Dalzell came in here with it, remember? Who? <laughs> we, we, were t- like, we were waxing poetic about this McGowan's. It's a, it's a big deal. It's, it is. It's a big book. Okay. And almost, it, it, probably almost every camera made is in there. And so it's like the, having the McCowan's and going and see all the cameras in real. Oh, yeah. Wow. McCowan's, that big book you're talking about. Yeah. Do they have movie cameras in there? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they do have movie they cameras. Have a, they have a different edition for movie cameras. <laughs> and if they don't, maybe you should get on that, Mike. <laughs> they, they have a movie camera edition. It's blank. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> 
Anyway, it, it's uh, it's just fascinating to see how many different types of cameras oh, and how many. Are. I mean, even in the back there, we were talking before, like when Nikon started making the uh, the cameras that were um, uh, programmed. Right. They got the N60, the N65, N70, N75, N80, N85, N90, and then the 2002s and 4004s. But, but at least I mean, the, on and on and on. At least the Nikon stuff has a progression and you can kind of follow it. But you take a company like Zeiss Icon, mm. and that's a total morass of camera names and, and combinations and things that you need to have a, a published guide really? somewhere to know what the heck you're looking at. They might call something a Contessa mm. or a Contina, all these different names that they put on things. And then there's the folders and there's everything else. There's thousands of different cameras that Zeiss Icon made, and some of them... Yeah. You may never even ever see one in real life because they're they're fairly rare. They're so obscure. But others are are sterling examples of the overbuilt fifties ethos of Zeiss Icon. Right? Mm-hmm. You, you could pound nails with those cameras. Mm. Anyway, it was. I saw so many different things: miniature format, um, spy cameras, large format, whole bunches of stereo cameras. Yeah. Do they have a gift shop? No, but they do sell the extras that they aren't using in the museum on eBay. Oh, um, very nice. Now, if one of our listeners said, hey, I'm going to this Camera Heritage Museum. In Staunton, Virginia. Yes. Like, is there like, is there like a Dairy Queen across the street? Like, is there stuff? Oh, yeah. There's all, there's all <laughs> well, kinds gotta of... Know. Yeah, I mean, no, you've got to plan this. All right, there's all kinds it. of restaurants right near there. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a medium-sized town? Or? It's a medium-sized town, but the, the, the historic downtown has been revitalized. If you, if you go there after 5 o'clock during the week, all, all the restaurants have outdoor seating and, mm. into the street because okay. the street's closed off oh, for cool. walking. Okay. And so, so this is the second time I've been there. I've really been impressed with, it, with the town itself. It's... it's the downtown is there's even a a, a, a hobby shop there with that sells model kits and all that. It's the last time I saw one of those. It was a long yeah. time ago, and it was really cool. They had a lot of stuff in there too. But the Camera Heritage Museum, I think, is really should be on anyone's destination if they're going to be traveling anywhere in the southeast. It's worth a stop. Well, thank you very much. Do you have any questions, John? Yeah. Did you see any cameras there that you coveted? That you would like to go, oh, I want that camera. You know, the funny thing is, I've held so many and, and had so many different cameras pass through my hands over the years that the only cameras I could say that I would like to own or at least use for a little while, mm. one would be a Bronica SQ, which I did try out. One of our listeners lent me one for about six months, mm. and I regret not buying one. Um, and the other is a Texas Leica. Beyond that, What's a Texas Leica? The the, um, the Fuji six by nine rangefinder. Oh, and I should have bought one of those when they were cheap. Now the prices have gone sky high. Mm. But the the thing is, is that I might see a camera. I'd like to hold it and right. and get a feel for it. But I don't necessarily want to own it. I think at this stage, I've I've figured that I don't need to own everything. Play with it for a few hours mm. and sh- and shoot with it and see what I think. You it's know? a very zen answer. Retirement is doing wonders for your perspective mark <laughs> well thank you mark hey you're welcome what about you you covet any cameras movie cameras yeah uh i, I i'm insane so well, we that. <clears throat> so you know used to be like let's talk about like you know jumps in time like if it was if it was exactly 10 years ago yeah i'd be like polaroid maniac i'd be talking about the big shot I'd be yeah. talking, now 
I just look on eBay for movie cameras. Movie! And the latest... Um, I'll be very fast, folks. The latest... <laughs> the, we don't want them to change the station. The latest is uh, this this Russian camera. <laughs> Oh boy! This K three, it's called the Krasno. Have you heard this Krasno Krasnokor? I've heard the name. People but. have been talking about this camera forever, and I didn't give a hoot up until like a week ago. Oh jeez! I don't know what. It, oh, you know what it is? Your timing is impeccable. It's that Owen. Ah. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about it on and on. He's the K three, the K gateway, the K three, the K three. Does so, he have one? Yes, but he took it apart. <laughs> Can't get, oh. it, can't get it back together. Young, <laughs> well, I told Bill Pavetta yes. in Asheville about your your K3 camera. And he goes, oh, that's what we use with, in the film school for the students to use. And he's got a bunch of them. What I'm fascinated about, I think, by it is that I'm just fascinated by it. It's a 16-millimeter movie camera. But you know how, John, in the camera donation program, we have boxes and boxes and boxes Mm -hmm. of those screw-on M42 lenses that go on the uh, Pentax Spotmatic cameras. Yes. They go on the K3? Yes. Oh. You get prime lenses for that shit. Yes. That's nice. So this is, for me, it's exciting because this format of the, the M42 lens and the Spotmatic it's, I just feel that the Spotmatic, in, you know, still camera, doesn't get much love. Oh, no. And it should. I mean, Ringo shot with it. I don't know why. <laughs> People at home, who's Ringo? <laughs> oh, he was with uh, the, the Rolling Stones. George shot with it. George. Oh, George Shearing? And, and, and Paul did, too. <laughs> the nice thing about the, something that takes M42 lenses is that there are so many of them out there. Oh, my God. And they're and, not super expensive. No, they're not. But, and they're good lenses? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean I've shot, I, nice. Pentax Spotmatics are near and dear to my heart because I just love their the design. They are simple. They are The meters are still work on a lot of them, and they're mm. pretty darn good. The lenses are fantastic. I mean, it, what, is, what is the K1000? Oh, sorry. What does the K1000 have over the Spotmatics? Nothing. Except it's a K-mount. See, the thing is, Pentax brought out the K-mount because it was an e- the bayonet was an easier way of attaching a lens, quicker mm-hmm. and all that, than a screw mount. The Spotmatics weren't really... Dis- I mean, the later models came with um, open aperture metering. Early on, it was all stop-down metering. Mm-hmm. But when you... Yeah. That means that stop-down metering, that internal meter and the camera, in order to meter, when you stop down, when you turn a lens, let's say, F22, the viewfinder just gets dark. Is yeah, that what you're saying? Yeah, right. Okay. And um, that's frustrating. So yeah, so that it is a little frustrating. And there's lots of other camera ma- manufacturers that also use M42, mm-hmm. Pentacon and and uh, Practica and a bunch. So you're saying that's a feature of that camera, it's or, a, or of that it, lens it's, rather? It's a feature of that lens system that you, you can't do certain things like you can with more modern lenses because it the connections aren't there in the lens Got it. so when they went to something like a k-mount it gave them the opportunity i mean you have autofocus k-mount lenses now and they're mm-hmm. the same mount that the, that the k-1000 has now, wait a minute i didn't know about that now wait a minute yeah <laughs> so that um it gave them a, a chance to, to do things they couldn't do before because of the limitations of that hmm. lens mount but if you're satisfied with what you can get from a Spotmatic or any of its relatives and using that good glass, I mean, mm. they, 
they're just and, and I've got a, a camera bag with two spot Matics in it and a bunch of lenses and it weighs less than if I had a Nike a, one Nikon and a bunch of lenses yeah Nikon's because they're the lenses tend to be smaller because yeah. they just aren't as physically big as, as other manufacturers. Now, how come some of the, the Spotmatics have Honeywell written on them and some don't? Uh, that was because the import into the, at one point, to import into the U.S., they had to have a U.S. distributor. Oh. So even Nikon, there was an outfit in New York. That stuff all came under that, that company's name. It wasn't, they were the distributors of Nikon in yeah, the U.S. Yeah, but they didn't brand the cameras. They didn't brand. Them. But um, you had some of the Canons... You have Bell and Howell. Yes, we had one of those. Bell and Howell Cannon. Yeah, so the Bell and Howell Cannon, and then you had um, Honeywell. Honeywell Pentax. Yeah. So, I mean, what does Honeywell have to do with photography? I I mean, nothing, right? You think you just do your thermostats? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, it's weird. It's a great option, folks, if you're looking for 35 millimeter SLR camera to look for a Pentax Botmatic. Start stocking them in the store, or even a Fujika. Also, hi, takes. Yeah. Some Fujikas do. The earlier ones do. The later ones have a different, slightly different mount. Shout out to the folks over at uh, Used Photo Pro. They're outfit uh, with Roberts. Oh, in oh, uh, yeah. I think they're in Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. That's where I picked up the M42. We didn't have it here. The M42 17 millimeter lens. 17 millimeter. Yeah, it's yes. nice. I'm gonna put it on the it's K3. A very odd. 17. Mm. It was like 28, 23, 20. Well, it's, twenty. Uh, there's 16 millimeter semi fisheye lenses for Nikon's, and yeah. so the yeah. 17 is almost a fisheye. If you're looking for used gear, used Photo Pro. This is not a sponsor tag, by the way. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there that that I got a great deal on a on a lens, and you know, used Photo Pro or even the KEH, some amazing deals because these oh. warehouses they have so much stuff. Yeah, they just want to blow it out. Yeah, so get rid of inventory. Yep. So, uh, great, Mark. Thanks so much, and thanks for taking the time of visiting the Camera Heritage Museum. Yeah. Did you get ice cream when you were down there? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be right back. One good time. Deserves another. And you can double the fun of any day's outing. With a brownie camera by Kodak. This Brownie Starmite camera, for example, is the handiest flash camera Kodak ever made. And it lets you get good pictures the first time, with no instruction at all. (laughs) No instruction at all. You can count on clear, bright snapshots in black and white or color. Even color slides you can show as big as life. The Starmite camera with built-in flash holder costs less than $12. Other Brownie cameras cost less than $7. Remember, only a brownie camera gives you so much pleasure at so low a cost. Gotta get ice cream. Hey, we're back. Well, Mark, now's the time. Now's the time to talk about... I'm a mono, that means one. I'm a chrome, and that means fun. I'm a monochrome maniac. (laughs) So, uh, Mark... So many terrible songs, so little memory. So Mark is both the publisher and the creator of this zine called... It's a great zine. It's so well put together. Monochrome Mania, number 7, March 2022. The Magic and Allure of Toy Cameras, volume 2. And this one is all 35 millimeter cameras. And I'm going to turn it over to Mark, but I will comment really fast. 
This one, John, is in color. Yeah, it's very well put together. You've seen this? Yeah, I have a copy. Oh, yeah, he was graciously uh, gifted me with one. In 20, what was it, 2021, I guess I put out vol- an earlier volume of Monochrome Mania that was all on 120 or medium format toy cameras. And I promised there'd be a follow-up with 35 millimeter. It took me a lot longer than I anticipated just because... When you start researching this stuff, and I really try and spend a lot of time researching all these topics as thoroughly as I can, you go down these rabbit holes and you find things you didn't expect, which is great. I mean, that's part of the discovery. I felt I had enough material to really put together a pretty comprehensive cross-section of 35-millimeter toy cameras. I would think so. And so, and of course, a toy camera in the vein that I'm talking, using that word, is basically... Something that has very few controls. A Kodak Instamatic, for the most part, is a toy camera because it has mm. no way to adjust hardly anything. Today, like a, like a Holga type, a Holga type, anything that's just got either one or two shutter speeds, very simple, maybe the fixed focus. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many examples. Your dis- your um, disposable cameras would be considered toy cameras. So there's a whole genre of definitely fairly simple plastic, for the most part, cameras. Early days of 35mm film, the very first camera that took 35mm unperf film with a paper backing was a Kodak Double Zero Cartridge Primo. It's a tiny little box camera that takes... Mm. Basically, like 828 film, but they didn't call it that yet then. They mm-hmm. had another name for it. Um, and it wasn't until later that they came, the, the 35 millimeters started appearing in fairly simple cameras. And so I show some of the evolution of that, going from a fairly simple Bakelite camera to something more modern. The essential thing is that a lot of these cameras are fairly inexpensive. If you want to go and collect as many different kinds as possible, that would be a, a lot of fun. And probably you would consume a lot of time searching stuff out. The thing is, these cameras are a lot of fun to shoot with. You're going to get pretty similar results with a good many of them. And I do highlight you know, current manufacturers. So I, there's a good section on Lomography in there and their cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the latest things coming out are the um, 35 millimeter simple use cameras from Lomography or Kodak and Harman. They're all pretty much the same camera for the most part, right. with minor differences in the molds. But they're all made they're all made in China and did they use them for like Because uh, promotional, like corporate promotional things? The early ones were, yeah. I mean you could there were some well, you've got so you've got one in the store that was originally supposed to be a Ford promo camera and it's your thirty five millimeter uh M V P camera. Oh, sold out. Sold out. Sold out. Wow, that's great. Yep. So now they're collector's items. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we st- thanks to Mark, we stumbled upon uh, new old stock, mm. and we had boxes and boxes of them. Wow. Uh, yeah, they were Ford. They came in a little case. Had yeah. A were they Ford, Ford branded? Yes. Really? Ford, the one right behind you. Huh. One of the cameras I mentioned in the book, because there's so many to talk about in the zine. There um, are. There's so many cameras in the zine. And uh, on the back is a nice full color. Um, and it's the only issue of Monochrome Mania that will ever be in color because I had to feature all these cameras and they're so colorful right. that, I had to, that I had to do it in color. What software program you used to lay this out? You know what I do this? I use a LibreOffice. Okay. Uh, is this a Microsoft thing? No, it's an open, open source freeware. Okay. 
So uh, people keep asking me that. I go, you know, it's like it's essentially like putting it together in Microsoft Word. I used to do newsletters, and I used to also be the editor of of a scientific journal. Okay. So. Okay. Well, your skill has uh, paid off. One I didn't really mention. I mentioned it in the in the in the zine, but I didn't do a big write up about it. Is the Ansco Pix Panorama? Okay. And Pix. it, I still think it's one of the best cameras, simple cameras you can use for doing panoramic images because and it's real panorama. No, it's a, it's still got that panoramic mask in there. Yeah. You can remove that oh. and turn it into a full frame, but it's got. A two a, a two element lens in here, so it's a better lens than you would expect from some of these small cameras, and of course the viewpoint the, the viewfinder that. is is <laughs> I have been amassing some of these, and I'll probably be selling them on my Etsy store. But the thing is, they're great little cameras, and the results I've gotten from them are, are pretty good for uh, for the cropped thirteen by thirty six millimeter um, negative. You can't expect, you know, it's not like having a Horizon camera with a with a big long negative, but it's not too bad for something you just slip in your pocket. Right. That's uh, interesting that you would, you know, I mean, over the course of the many years you've been shooting, that you shoot so many of these that when you find something that you're like, hey, this one is special. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mention that in this book? Yeah, I do. And the other thing in here is that Vivitar made a ton of different cameras, mm-hmm. including if I if you don't mind me singing it. The ultra wide and slim, ultra wide and slim, <laughs> which is back by Rito. How can yes, it be ultra wide and slim. Oh, Sheldon. Well, it's ultra wide lens, but the camera is very skinny. Yes. Oh, okay. this camera is the camera, folks. I mean this sincerely. Everyone needs to have this camera in their bag. Do you like the ultra? Oh, I love it. I bought one from from Rito. It's a nice. It is beautiful, awesome. Camera. It has, if I'm not mistaken, a 22 millimeter lens. Mm. Yep. It's just if you're out and about, just go stop crazy. Doesn't have a, no flash. Yeah. So you have to be outside. But it's just a very pleasing image. You can be very creative with yep. that camera. Of all the cameras, here we are in 2022, and there is a. I mean, it seems Mark that's never ending. Mm. Uh, you have a picture in here. Yeah. Of all the newer cameras most of them have very similar specs yes agfa photo reusable the ilford sprite the Harman camera the double show camera the kodak m35 the kodak m38 and some of these are interchangeable there's only like there's only like two or three different designs yeah and they're all very standard whereas the ultra wide and slim is special it is show me that picture Ultra go. wide and slim. Oh, it's right there. Right there. The next page. Let me see. The blue, the aqua blue. Give me that. You need one, John. I can't believe you don't no, have it's one. It's cute. Now, the funny thing about the ultra wide and slim, after Vivitar manufactured that, it was picked up much later by Superheads. Yes, and, it was. And they had it. It's called the Black Slim Devil. And yep. they had the, the Peace Yellow and then some other one, maybe a white one, I think, or purple. We carried them. We had yeah. the pink ones. Right. And pink ones, yeah. The problem is that they uh, they had this sort of rubbery coating. Gummy. Them. Gummy coating and it's gross. Mm. It's um, over time it, it oxidizes and it starts getting sticky, like some old Nikon uh, auto AFSLR from the 1980s. Uh, FPP customer sent me an email asking if what the coating was on these cameras. The new ones are plastic. The new ones are plastic. Yeah, yeah. and so they don't have a, a gummy coating. But yeah, I had the yellow piece camera and I've had it for I don't know I bought it back in 2000. 
six or seven, something like that. All the cameras in this in this scene are that are featured are plastic. Plastic. Yeah, so so many of them, mm-hmm. but and also at the very end of the scene, I put some photographs in there in black and white as examples from the different different cameras and what you could expect as in results. Sprocket Rocket from Mimography still is my favorite panoramic camera. Is that because, right? Those are nice images. Because I've gotten always gotten great images out of it. So this is Monochromania Zine. Number one, slow films. Sold out. Yep. Too bad. Number <laughs> number two, Michigan Meandering. Sold out. Oh for real? Yeah. yeah. Too slow. Number three. The magic and allure of toy cameras. It's been reprinted, so it's still available. Oh, oh second edition. Uh, number four, A Cold Reckoning, The Nature of Winter. Um, there might be a few of that I left. have that one. That's beautiful. Number five, Lens Dream. I think Lens Dream is sold great. out. Number six, Sonoran Sojourn. What? <laughs> Sonoran Sojourn. <laughs> <laughs> That is still available. Okay. So, <laughs> Not even close. So MFO Photos at Mofo. the Etsy shop. And, of course, uh, Mark has the random ca- mo- random photo, which is randomphoto.blogspot.com. Thank you, Mark. Hey, you're welcome. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Michael Rosso here, Film Photography Project. This month, we had a brand-new film drop at the FPP online store, Blue Ultra. It is a color duotone film with an ISO of, wait for it, three. (laughs) 24 exposure roll, develop C41. It's a 35 millimeter color film that, oh look at it, it is blue. And when you shoot and develop your negative, it will result in a scan where most of your frame is blue, but some colors, namely reds will pop you can take your your scans and you can manipulate the color in your scans using adobe photoshop or davinci resolve to really pop the reds and to get better skin tones it is considered a special effects film that will give you something very different for your photography this is in the filmphotographystore.com please do check it out Hey, we're back. Hey, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Next up, it's called the Rolly 35S. Take it away. I've always been a fan of the little Rolly 35 series cameras. They are basically oh. the smallest full-frame camera that's fully manual that, that you can, that you you can buy. The, you got the flash on. Oh, yeah. So it's draining oh. your battery. Stupid. I better turn it off. <laughs> um, <laughs> it. You got to flash it, though. Okay. So... About 22 years ago. <laughs> Memories pass between the pages of my mind. Uh, my mentor, Bill Bruden, gave me a Raleigh 35 TE. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But I've had it for quite a long time. Is that the, the TE? That, that's the one. Oh. And uh, introduced in 1966... The Raleigh 35 was as compact as the half-frame cameras for 35mm that were being uh. made by people like Olympus and Ryko and Canon. Yet, it's a full 24 by 36 millimeter frame. The interesting thing with these cameras is that the, the lens collapses into the body. And it has a compure shutter which surrounds the lens. So you 
push a little button in, and the lens slides into the camera body. Oh. And the weird thing is, is that it's like a Leica when you pull it out to kind of yeah, like some of the Leica, like the Elmar. Um, the weird thing is that the shutter mechanism surrounds the lens tube, but you have to cock the shutter to put the lens to retract the lens. And what you might find out is that a lot of these little Raleigh 35s, if they've been stored that way for a long time and not been used, the slow speeds from one fifteenth of a second to B will won't work very well damn it if at all but i found that from one fifteenth of a second to one five hundredth it does pretty much everything i want to do and when i had this camera when i first got it everything worked just fine it sat in a drawer for too many years Mm. and i finally got back to shooting with it again and so that's what happens the cameras were made in germany and singapore starting in 1971 they started making in, in singapore as well as germany um there's a bunch of different models the earlier ones, the Raleigh 35, was produced um, from 1966 to 74 and uh, has a, a cadmium sulfide meter that takes a PX625. You have to use an alkaline for that now. And they also have Tessar or, Zen- or Schneider Zenar lenses. So they're really good lenses. They're 40 millimeters. Typical is an F3.5 maximum aperture, except for later on, the Raleigh 35S came with a Carl Zeiss Sonar lens. Whoa. With f2.8, which is still pretty nice for a little that, tiny what? camera. That's what people want. Yeah. The, 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 Are those yes. hard to find? No. Okay. You can. They made thousands of these cameras. The one that people might be looking for is the Raleigh 35 Gold 75th anniversary model. Oh. Only 900 units were made. I, I know someone that has one. I know, no, I know who <laughs> has cool. one, too. It's one that they made later on um, in the... End of the 1960s, in the 1971, the Raleigh C35 has no light meter. So in that case, you'd have to do use your an external light meter or go sunny 16. And I have a Raleigh 35 TE, TE for Tessar. Mm-hmm. TE was made from 1979 to 1980. It's the model that I've owned for you know, 20 some odd years. Those lenses are very sharp. They have a nice bright Albedo viewfinder. It's basically a guess finder for distance because there's no... There's I was no, going to ask. It's there's a, no range finder focus in any of these. It's a guess finder. This, this one says range finder camera. Yeah, but they don't know what they're talking about. That's right, folks. Listen All to right. me. Because I was going to say, it sold <laughs> for like $250. It says range finder There film. are people, there are lots of folks, and you know... They're fine. They're nice people. They just don't know, but they think they know. They think they so. Know. You'll go on eBay. You'll see this camera, and it will say rangefinder. Well, right. Why does it say rangefinder if it's not a rangefinder focus? Because they don't understand what a rangefinder focus is. Well, it, but it's pers- it's it's everybody's doing it. Oh, I know, I know. Maybe but we need they, to do something about that. And there's zone focus. I know a guy. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, which means sorry to interrupt. Which yeah. means very much like my. Uh, Movie camera here, my Keystone. You get out the tape measure if you really want to know. Right. It's We're guesstimate, right? Guesstimate, right. Okay. And the thing is that if you shoot at F16, everything's yes, in focus. Yes, correct. Right? Yep. These are great little cameras. They're all metal. There's no plastic in them. It's a really a fully mechanical wonder. They have a great lens. 40 millimeter focal length is pretty nice. It's not too wide or too narrow. It's a great travel camera because you can pack, put this in your pocket, oh, yeah. a few rolls of film, you're all set for a day out on wherever you're going. And, you can, and they take wonderful images. I've shot slide film with these. The one story I have that was kind of, is kind of funny about shooting with one is I was in Colorado in 2003 up in uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. And 
thunderstorms roll in the afternoon in the Rockies and during the summer. And so I had on a tripod. I wanted to get some lightning pictures off in the distance. And I could hear the car antenna starting to buzz. Oh. And I go, oh. So I quickly grabbed the, everything and got in the car because I didn't want to be a, a lightning strike victim. No. <laughs> the camera's all manual. It's all manual. No light meter in it. It does have a light meter. Oh. And so it has a little typical red and green. So when you get the right exposure, it, it turns green. What's the lowest ISO you oh, can dial nice. in? Um, I believe it is. Let me um, guess, 25. Uh, you're probably right. I think that's right. Come on, guys. Stop mucking around. Come on, Mark. We're all oh, waiting. IS 20, ISO 25 to 1600. That oh. means, folks, you could you could buy a roll of Sonic 25 yeah. Sonic and put it in this beautiful camera. The flash holder's on the bottom of this camera. I know. That's the other quirky oh! thing about it. Oh! So, that, so that's a hot shoe. So people who don't think about it, has a hot shoe. People who don't think about how they're holding the camera will put a flat external flash on here. And it's going to be upside down. I mean, you could shoot upside doesn't, down. Yeah, so what matter, you, right? you do this, you just put it up, put it upside down, and, and shoot with it that way. Is it, gonna, is it going to be so harsh if you shoot from the bottom like that? I mean, it will, it will give you a weird shadow if you're like, give you like below. you know, yeah. Bella Lugosi. Yeah, Bella Lugosi. Yeah. Pull the string. Pull the string. Or you could get one of those little things, little attachments, and have an external flash. Yeah. But I think most people don't even bother with a flash with these. It's almost like, eh, why would I want to put something big? The flashes that they sold were almost as big as the camera. Yeah, you don't really. Yeah. Need so it. that we just found that cute little flash in the donation box. A oh. Sears flash. Oh, that flash is, is not made for this no, camera. It's no, a tiny, no. Look at that. That's cute a little thing. cute little flash. It is. It's actually only half the size of the camera. Yep. That's so beautiful. It's, per- it's perfect. Boy- it's boyfic for a yeah. child. Perfect for a child. So, you know, you're going to see these on eBay. Um, there's all the different models. There's a lot of different models. I would say the Raleigh 35B is also a good choice because it has a selenium meter, which is uncoupled, so it'll tell you what the exposure should be, and it's mm-hmm. up to you to determine. Selenium, you don't need a battery. You don't need a battery. But right. if it's old and was stored improperly, it could not possibly it, not work. Impo- exactly. It ain't no good. Prices yeah, how are, they go are, for like 179 to much? 350 bucks on eBay. It varies on the model and on the condition. That one... Is going. I saw one sold on eBay. I just checked one seventy nine yeah. to three fifty. You know what? But this but is, that's not that much for uh, a mechanical yeah, camera. I was just going to say, you know, uh, you know, you go to fill up your car and it costs fifty dollars. I wish. So, <laughs> you know, if you're going to buy a quality camera, yeah, and it's as beautiful as this one, worth the price. Yeah, I I love the little Raleigh's. They are um, they're gem like. So he, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, give it up, folks, for the Raleigh 35. I just I wanted to ask you: Do you know what the difference between the T and the TE is? Because the T seemed to be more coveted price-wise. On well, it's older, and so but it was actually made 74 to 1980, so it's a little oh. bit older. But it's a Tessar lens, and there's probably uh, the meter is a little bit different than this oh. one. This has an LED, and the older ones have a little needle. That tells you what, what the exposure yeah. is. So there's not a lot of difference. And, it, of course, it's not like Zeiss Icon with 6,000 different names. They've only mm-hmm. got Raleigh 35 right. and then the different variations. So they do. They make TLRs too, Raleigh, right? Yep. They're so most those, famous that's for the what they're famous Twin for. Lens Reflex cameras. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Mark. Hey, you're welcome. Folks, I want to thank you for joining us. We've got to go. We've got to go. we got to get over to the Dutch house yeah. in, in Fairlawn, New Jersey. If you're yeah. in the area, Dutch house. 
It's a tavern, but they have this burger. They have the Whirly Burger. Yeah. This is not a paid ad. They have the Dutch Burger. <laughs> they got some good beer on tap. Yep. So okay, and uh, it's always good for a Dutch oven later on in the night. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs>